Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. When do we take control of our lives and our destiny? We're a small country, but we punch way above our weight. Like, I'm filming now at this stage, to be honest with you. I thought it was one of the hardest things to do. It was horrendous. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Hey! We're going jazzing. We're going jazzing, lads. That's the best news I heard all months. We are going jazzing. In October, Cork Jazz Festival will go ahead. We've been waiting on it for days with bated breath and yesterday the announcement came in the afternoon. Catch up with the Lord Mayor in a little while about that. The organisers are just keeping their cards close to their chest at this point as to who will be here, how they will get here when we won't have an airport at that stage, what the lineup will be, but we have a jazz festival. Brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. We're also getting calls about people who are having stuff that they booked, like bouncy castles, cancelled with no notice. One woman in particular was on to us. We think there are others. I also want to come back to something that came up on the show yesterday about friendship. And I want you to think about the friendships in your life. The important ones, the ones that you can pick up after never seeing the person for five years even, or the ones that just drifted from you. And why did they drift? Or have you any idea why they drifted? And that kind of thing. Who is your best friend? Who is there someone that you haven't seen in years you'd love to see again? Think about those things as I bring in uh, Olivia Kelleher, um, a journalist, to talk about the case of Garfield Ebbs. Now, this name has come up on the programme before This is a 46-year-old man who pleaded guilty to engaging in sexual activity with a 15-year-old boy and to using a mobile phone to record three unknown males in public toilet cubicles. And Olivia Kelleher uh, has been uh, watching the case and uh, he was jailed yesterday, Olivia. Good morning to you. He was. Good morning, PJ. He was. He was jailed for three years with uh, one year suspended. As you say, he pleaded guilty to five charges of engaging in different types of offensive sexual behaviour 
quite a kind of disturbing case, PJ. In 2018, Garfield Ebbs, a 46-year-old man who was then married, now divorced in a kind of high-paid tech job, found a 15-year-old boy on a dating app. Uh, the boy turned up to their first meeting wearing a school uniform. So uh, Judge Sean O'Donovan said he found it hard to believe that Ebbs didn't realise he was underage. Um, the 15-year-old boy performed oral sex on Ebbs five times and he was given cash and gifts to do so, including um, an iPhone X, which I believe is worth about a thousand euro. Um, Ebbs asked the boy to find other younger boys and girls, but he refused to do that. Um, He also pleaded guilty to having sex with a prostitute in January 2000 at Kilbarry Industrial Estate in Dublin Hill. And he also filmed three men in toilet cubicles and stored the videos on his phone. Um, He filmed them in Cork Airport, a tech company in Holly Hill and Blackpool Shopping Centre. So um, his the boy's mother, the initial complaint, it was um, Detective Guard Craig Peterson at yeah. Cork Circuit Criminal Court said the initial complaint against Ebbs was made by the mother of the 15-year-old boy with whom he engaged in sexual activity. Um, he, Garda Peterson, said that the guilty plea in the case was a source of great relief to the young man, as I suppose it spared him the ordeal of, of giving evidence in court. Yeah. Um, the court heard that when Ebbs was married, as I said, when the offence came to light, but his relationship is now broken down and he's divorced um, and he's lost his job and home arising out of his behaviour. Um, the counsel for the defence said that the videos in the bathrooms were made for the personal gratification of Ebbs yeah. and there was no suggestion that he ever put them on the internet. Mm. We also heard PJ from the victim, um, a victim impact statement was read into the court. Um, the young man said that he was still being bullied as a result of what occurred. Um, he said he was shamed and disgusted by what had unfolded and how he was taken advantage of. And he also thanked Gardy and support after crying for their help. Mm-hmm. Um, the Gardy, at the time of, of the offence, PJ, seized computer items and mobile phones from Ebbs and they've now been wiped and are being donated to okay. Bernardo's and the Garda's cyber crime unit. Right, right. And this all arose from the complaint from, from the lad's mom. This all arose from the complaint from the, uh, the, the lad's mom. Um, the Ray Boland, who was counselled for the defence, said that Ebbs was hypersexualized arising out of an incident that occurred in his past. Um, he stressed that Ebbs had a kind of difficult upbringing and that he had effectively lost everything arising out of what occurred. Um, the judge, PJ, said it was a bizarre and disturbing, sorry, bizarre and upsetting case. Mm-hmm. Um, judge Donovan said that Ebbs went out and deliberately sought out a young person. Uh, the judge said, I'm not convinced or he thought or believed the victim was overage. And the judge actually made a very valid point. He said that even if the boy had been 18, there still would have been a major age discrepancy, um, which, 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 which should have served as a social inhibitor to contact yeah. of a sexual nature. Yeah, yeah, should have warned him off, I guess. So he, he got yeah. three 
years. Three years with with, uh, with one, one suspended, year suspended okay. and a I think there's a maximum fine of five hundred euro in relation to the prostitution charge, but he got a fine of three hundred euro, okay. and he'll be under the care of the probation service PJ for two years post his release. All right. Okay. Listen. Thanks for that. That's uh, journalist Olivia Kelleher on the case of Garfield Ebbs, jailed for three years with one suspended and. It was all arose from a complaint from the mum of a 15-year-old lad. And you heard what Olivia uh, just told us there that he did uh, with that lad. Uh, so, um, behind bars for two years and then under probation after that. 1850 Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie Oldies and Irish on Cork's 96FM is the big Sunday show on your radio. Turn it up and take it easy with the best music mix for your Sunday morning. Welcome along to the programme. Lovely to be with you on a Sunday morning. Oldies and Irish with Derry O'Callaghan. Sundays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. With Douglas Court Shopping Centre. They've got everything you need and more. Visit douglascourt.ie. Cork's 96 FM. We knew that an announcement was imminent on the Jazz Festival, which is only, what, it's only about 50 days away or less than 50 days away. We didn't know what the announcement was, even the people we were talking to venues like the Everyman didn't know what the decision would be until yesterday and then it was confirmed yesterday afternoon the Jazz Festival will be back uh, this year. It was cancelled of course in 2020 because of COVID-19. It'll take place from the 22nd to the 25th of October. We'll know more about the programme in the weeks to come and we'll bring you those details. But it's a huge shot in the arm for the city and for music fans in general because it's gone from being a jazz festival now just to being a music festival and a party and a bash for the weekend. Great news, Lord Mayor Colum Kelleher. Good morning. Morning, PJ. Great news. It's absolutely amazing. You know, we um, it's great to see the Jazz Festival re- return. Um, we didn't have it last year, obviously, on account of COVID. Um, it's worth approximately about thirty-five million to the local economy in the city. And, you know, um, the bars, the restaurants, the hotels. It draws acts from all over the world and draws people from the four corners of the island and the four corners of the planet as well. It's great to have it back. Um, it was missed greatly last year. I know last year alternatives were looked at in relation to virtual um, you know, versions of it, yeah. but it just it was it was thought it wouldn't be the same, you know. It was too so big to great. squeeze down really, Colum is the thing. I remember talking to them last year. It was too big to do a squeeze down version. Yeah, I don't think it would have done it justice, you know, for mm. people what people are used to. You know, look, it's October the twenty second, um to the twenty fifth. Obviously, uh, October the 22nd, a lot of um, restrictions will be lifting that day as well. That's the day that the pubs can open to their normal opening hours. It's the day the nightclubs can open again. It's the day that the theatres are back to, I think, 80 or 90 percent capacity once we all have our vaccinations and all that kind of thing. So it's a very big day and it's a very big weekend. It is. It's a very big day. And, you know, I suppose the legal requirements for social distancing and stuff like that will be lifted as well. That's right. Um, you know, that being said, 
Um, you know, I think, you know, you, you touched on vaccinations and stuff there. You know, obviously there will be excitement for, you know, nightclubs and bars and theatres and everything to get back to some form of normality, you know. But, um, you know, unfortunately the virus hasn't gone away and, you know, I would just oh. hope that people now, over that weekend, you know, would, would show a bit of restraint and yeah. common sense. And I'm sure they will, you know. So well, I think we'll, be t- we'll probably be, be, be coaching that in, in many ways over the, the weeks to come. But we had this fabulous, and we just see breaking news here this morning as well, Lord Mayor, that the Indie Cork Festival uh, is back on the uh, September 19th to 26th at the Gate Cinema. So that's more great news. Oh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. You know, like even small things, like I know the, the French Film Festival was launched in the gate there last week as well. Yeah. All these small festivals are coming back. Even, um, I suppose, the Lord Mayor's Christmas concert, which is, uh, you know, a bit further down yes, the, yes. the tracks. Um, like I've been speaking to uh, corporate affairs in relation to that. And look, obviously that would be held in the concert hall traditionally in City Hall. Unfortunately, we still will not have that available to us. Okay. The HSE are scheduled to be there until the end of the year. But we are looking at alternative venues, the likes of the Opera House maybe, you know. Mm. Um, but even to be talking about stuff like that yeah. is, is, is great, you how, know. How far we've come in 12 months, despite the Delta wave and despite the problems we've had, here we are almost ready to go once we mind ourselves. And that's it. We, we, we just have to mind ourselves. Like, you know, it's been a long 18, 19 months. We've had false dawns. Um, I believe we're in a you know exceptional position now with the majority of the, the population vaccinated. Um, we're going to hit a, a milestone soon there with uh, people over the age of 12 vaccinated. Mm. They're aiming for 90% on that. Um, and look, I think... It's about high time now, once we have our wits about ourselves, mind ourselves, you know, in certain settings, there will be not uh, a legal requirement for masks, but I think people should still show discretion, you know, if they feel uncomfortable in a crowded setting, yeah. it will be no harm to, to wear a mask, you know All what right. I mean? Okay. But, um, like, it's it's a long time coming, and uh, I think, you know, it's it, it's high time now we try to get back to some sort of a normality, whatever okay. that may be. All right. Well, well, we'll see what it is over the next couple of weeks. Thank you very much, Lord Mayor of Cork, uh, Councillor Cullum. Kelleher. Uh, it's 43 days, 43 days to the Jazz Festival. Jazz Festival will start on Friday the 22nd of October, which is, as I said, 43 days away. While you're at it, look, I do these things, it is um, 92 days until the clocks, or 52 days, 52 days, 52 days until the clocks go back. Every year they tell us it's the last time they'll be going back. But anyway, they go back in 52 days. And Christmas is 107 days away. But the Jazz Festival coming back on the 22nd of October. We'll hear more about the programme over the next couple of weeks. And great news, great. And Indy Cork back as well later in September. 1850-715-996. I spoke to Sparkle, a young band, a couple of years ago as they were setting out on their musical road, their musical journey. And from that day to this, they've grown and they're one of our most popular bands. And like everybody else, they were itching to get back gigging. Uh, And Jen, what's happened? Good morning. Hi, PJ. How are you? How are you getting on? I remember the two of you sitting here singing a song to me years back. 
We did. We did Castle on the Hill. It was That's brilliant. Right. We had a great That's time with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a long time ago now. Um, yeah, so obviously the music restrictions were lifted on Monday, so we were buzzing to get back to work. Like, you know, it's been a long 19 months of not working and things like that. But um, our social media accounts have been hacked on Tuesday evening. Oh. My personal Facebook, um, the profile picture got changed to like a picture with like kind of foreign writing and things and then I was locked out of my personal account and the Sparkle account on Facebook and the Sparkle account on Instagram as well um, and we have a, a new single coming out tomorrow and obviously like the lead up to the single for promotion is the you know you ha- kind of have to do those things and um yeah, we can't access any of our social medias. And like, I suppose we didn't even realize how much we use social media to kind of get our bookings in and things like that's our main contact for people. And nobody can contact us now that way. So it's just, it's a mess. Like, I don't know what we're going to do, you know. Because yeah. um, I was asking at the weekend just... when, when the Monday saw the fact that people could, or saw the, the date by which people could start getting booked again, move indoors again. And a lot of people were texting me both privately and to the show that, yeah, it's great. The phone was starting to ring. The bookings were starting to come in. But it's through social that you do so much of your booking. I mean, you've got, what, 11,000 followers on Facebook and a few thousand on Instagram as well. So you get a lot of work through those. So what what, what can you do? Are you trying to... Do, do you know what happened to it? I, I don't know. Like, I know that I've been hacked, all right, um, just because they've been trying to take money out of my Revolut account and I've been getting prank calls from Bank of Ireland as well. It's not Bank of Ireland, obviously, but it's... Their, I don't know, whatever software they have. Like, they have my name, they have my card details, they have all of my personal information, like, you know, and it's just, like, I rang the guards yesterday morning, they can't do anything unless money's actually taken out of my account, which, thank God, it wasn't, um, mm. but they did try. At least you can um, lock your Revolut with a touch of a button, which is great. Yeah, yeah, so I did that straight away yesterday morning after I saw all the notifications and stuff, but um, I don't know, like, uh, Facebook asked for my ID to be uploaded, you know, so I did that, but I'm still waiting since Tuesday, you know, and it's just it's so disheartening like because we've waited so long to get back to work and especially now with you know, brides and grooms and things like that like that that'll be our main like we've mm. built up you know, our videos and our pictures and our our social medias everything like for lo- lots of businesses you know yeah. it would be the main kind of promotion tool I suppose but yeah. it's just it's heartbreaking like cause I've, I've put so much work into those pages mm. like you know it's just I don't know what's going to happen like I really really hope we can get them back because yeah. you know and there's that and then there's the the fact that people might have stuff booked with you so if anybody has a booking with Sparkle over the next few weeks until you get this mess sorted out and they can't contact you now through social media what can they do? Yeah um, so they can ring me on 0876185740 or if anyone wants to send us an email as well it's sparklebandcork at gmail.com that's possibly the easiest way rather than spamming up your phone I'd, I'd say spark, yeah. <laughs> sparklebandcork at gmail.com so if you anyone had anything booked with you or been talking to you about a gig of any kind to contact you there yeah Yes, please. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. And just to mention, look, we are bringing out a new single as well tomorrow, PJ. It's called Look At Me Now. It'll be on all music platforms as well, because I don't think I'll be able to promote it online now anymore. But um, just if people do want to go over and give it a stream, it'll really kind of help support us as well. Do you want to fling me an, MP, an MP3 and I might, get, I might get a minute on the air tomorrow to play out just because of what's happened to you? That'd be amazing, PJ. Fling me that'd over an MP3. I'll see. I won't make any promises, but fling me over an MP3 and I'll see what I can do. 
Okay, I will. Thanks so much, Peter. All, right, all right, all right. Listen, I, I, I hate to hear this happening. We'll talk to some cyber people later in the show to maybe see what can happen. You're not the first business that's been hit like this. We had one a few weeks ago, Jen, where a girl lost practically her entire business overnight through one of these hacks. All we can say is you weren't chosen as such. It just happened. Yeah. It just happened. I know. You know? I know it is a pity in that girl I know the girl you're talking about as well it's awful like because you do put in so much time and effort yeah. trying to build up I, you know like I know some people kind of like oh it's only social media but when it's a business it's a different kind of ball game you know yeah, it it's um, it's a lot of work like you know but look hopefully we'll try and get it back anyway yeah. and yeah, no but no I doubt if I do I'll be wrecking heads on it again uh, listen, <laughs> but, listen, um, well we know how hard yeah. you, you've worked over the years to build up Sparkle and it's terrible that this happens to you so if we can help in any way and if any of our cyber experts can help I'm sure they will too. Jen Bowler, thank you very much from Sparkle. If you have anything booked with them uh, or and, and wanted to contact them but a wedding or a function or a bar, anything at all, sparklebandcork at gmail.com sparklebandcork at gmail.com. On the Jazz Festival John asks, well, where are they going to fly into? Cork Airport will be closed. Yeah, the airport's closing Sunday for 10 weeks for the reconstruction work on the runway. Remember that story? We broke it earlier in the year when we knew that the runway had to be done, had to be um, fixed. But we broke it earlier in the year that it was going to happen by day and the airport would close fully rather than doing it by night. It happens this Sunday, the 12th of October, and the, the, the hope is that it will be done by the end of November so that we can get back open at the airport for the Christmas season and everyone's got everything crossed that that will happen. But it does raise the question of how international artists will get into Cork if they're coming for the Jazz Festival. And I'm sure that's a question that we'll raise with the organisers over the weeks to come. 1850-715-996. Just on stuff happening and not happening, Cassandra was on to the show. Cassandra had booked a bouncy castle for a communion this weekend. Now, as we know, the communions are open a heap. The confirmations are open a heap because after the 6th of September, they're allowed to go ahead again. So dates have been changed and rescheduled and jiggledy-piggledy all over the place. So it's incredibly busy. And Cassandra had booked a bouncy castle for a communion this weekend, but gets a call four days before to say they can't do it for her now. They can't drop it off because they have a shortage of staff. We're hearing more and more about staff shortages in all sorts of businesses. Catering, shops, hotels, bars. Now, a bouncy castle company, they have castle for her, they just can't get it to her because they have staff shortages. Can anybody help? Can anybody help? With that, on the subject of the airport and the jazz and all of that, Carlos says, I know it's not exactly good news, but it is news that could be of use. In other words, the airport isn't good news, but here's news that might be of use. Shannon is opening routes to London now, and you can go to Luton from Kerry. A lot of us need to go to London quite regularly, and people might like to know that. Yeah, you can go to Luton from from Kerry Airport or to... uh, London from Shannon and that'll be useful to people 
for the few weeks that, or the many weeks that Cork Airport will be closed. 1850 715 Quick bit of good news. I got contacted yesterday by the nice people at the Life Centre, our dear friends. And do you remember when the Leaving Cert results came out last Friday? We had a chat with Luke from the Life Centre and he told me how he, he never even expected to be sitting his Leaving Cert two or three years ago. But then he went to the Life Centre and everything changed and he sat his Leaving Cert and he was delighted with his results. Well, they contacted me yesterday to say that he was offered his first choice on the CAO. So how happy is he? 1850 715 Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Let me show you what it's all about. Simon Murdoch and the best music mix. Weekdays from midday on Cork's 96FM. Afternoons in Cork sound better here. I've got the big tunes from all your favourite artists. Hey, it's me, Justin Bieber. Hi, this is Billie Eilish. What's happening, everybody? It's Tom Gwennon. I'm always good for a prize. Oh, thank you so much. That's brilliant. Thanks a million. And big name stars on the show for a chat. Joel Curry. Personally, Ireland is my favourite place to play. You guys know it's like a second home to me and I miss it so much. In the afternoon in Cork, in the car, at work, at home, make sure you're with me. Simon Murdoch, midday to 4 p.m. With McCarthy's House and Homes at Douglas Court and Ballancolic Shopping Centres. All of great deals on all your interior decor. On Cork's 96 FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850-715-996. On Cork's 96 FM. No. You'd be blue in the face from hearing about waiting lists in the health service. And and we know the crazy state of waiting lists in our health service. And the, it seems to me the more, the more we talk about it, the more of them seem to be there. But any one of them that has to do with children, I think... It's more infuriating than the one that went before. There's about 200 children in this country waiting over three years for genetics treatment. And that list looks set to go. There's only one place that this happens. It's, of course, the great Crumlin Hospital. Uh, It's genetics testing and screening for rare diseases. And then when you get the screening done, you obviously have some kind of a treatment plan, but until you screen, you can't. Uh, Rebecca O'Reardon, good morning to you. Good morning. Tell me about Emmy. Um, so she is n- not like anyone I've ever met. She's absolutely gas. Um, she's just a such a smiley little girl. She's like a firecracker in every sense of the word. Um, I suppose her... Um, her kind of she she had a bit of a you know a, a rough kind of small small few bumps along the road when she was a baby but then I suppose for her the kind of the difficulty started when she was about seven months and she started um, having seizures right. um and at that point they referred her for a genetic testing um in fairness to her very good neurologist um she straight off the bat was like let's do some testing here um. So that was in December of 2019. Right. Um, and then from there, it's just been kind of, you know, 
quite a pretty crazy roller coaster. Really. Has she been seen? I mean, yes, Rebecca. She was actually seen. She was seen in July, so she yeah she was seen about a month ago. Right. right. Um, but I suppose the difficulty with genetics is that I mean it is a it is it's a relatively new area. Um, in fairness, it is a relatively new area, especially in Ireland. Mm. Uh, but it's also like an extremely important area. Um, and I mean, any, any uh, you know, a pediatrician or a neurologist can order tests. But like we got results of tests back in uh, December of last year, mm-hmm. but our neurologist wasn't able to really fully interpret those results. So we had to go to the geneticist for the geneticist to kind of explain them to us. Yes. And I suppose the difficulty as well then with genetics is it's such a complex area oh, yeah. that unless it, and this sounds pretty crazy now, but there's actually, there's, there's rare conditions that they, that you can test for through genetics. And then there's other things, you know, but then there's so many other things that, I mean, there's actually roughly between th- like three and eight rare conditions discovered in genetics every single week. Wow. Um, so it is like a, an incredibly rapidly, yeah. you know, evolving area of medicine, but it's also like you know a hugely important one yeah. now because like so, so you you tried to cut across here, but it's 2019 mm-hmm. that the uh, neurologist said Amy needed these tests. Uh, December was it December of 2019, and then right through 2020, and right up to the up to July of this year, and that's that's not unusual, is the thing. No, like that's actually, she was actually seen very quickly in comparison to a lot of other people. I mean, she had three different referrals sent off to Crumlin. Um, you know, um, so she, she had three referrals sent. I was on to TDs. I was a constant pain in the backside to people. I'll be totally honest with you. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was why she was seen when she was seen. I mean, she would definitely, 100% she would still be waiting otherwise. And, you know, but there's, I mean, there's, it's up to a lot of people are waiting three or four years. And I suppose we, I mean, if you've been referred to the genetics department, whether it's an urgent um, situation or whether it's routine, four years isn't considering that a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of rare conditions out there that are life limiting, that they're hereditary. Now, thankfully, none of that is the case for Emmy. Um, But, you know, when you're, when you have a baby, you don't know what the future holds. So it's, it's it's um it's a very scary thing to be constantly reading that going. The obvious question that people would ask Rebecca Amos is that we assume this is on the public system. If it was a thing that you have private insurance and things like that, like could you have gotten Amy's tests faster? Well, that's the thing. Um, so what I actually did, we we had two referrals sent through the public system, and then we actually went private. Um. There is only, it's only recently that a private geneticist has actually, a, a, one of the geneticists that used to work at Crumlin has actually left and set up his own private practice um, in the Black Rock Clinic. So what we actually did was we were, we were like, we can't do this anymore. We need some answers. So we actually went to the private geneticist. Yeah. Um, so this was during the COVID lockdown now. So we had to, you know, pay for a hotel, pay for trains, all that kind of thing. So it was, it was a very expensive trip. And then we got there. And he's, he was extremely kind. And he was like, the reality is this child actually needs multiple tests. And he was like, you're on, he was like, you're on, he was very kind about it in fairness. He was like, this child needs to go to Crumlin. 
This is not, you cannot get this answer through the private system. Nobody can afford it. Right. Nobody could afford to get and everything. Is, does insurance that you need. cover it, by the way? The insurance covered half of the consultation, but like, that, that didn't, it didn't cover any of the surrounding costs. Like, I mean, that's the thing, even when she has any kind of private appointments, because we do everything, almost everything privately, because we don't really have a choice, like speech and language, occupational therapy, all that kind of jazz. You, you, I mean, you, you would be, you'd be 25. Like there's, there's nothing that we don't pay for privately ourselves. I mean, we were saving for a mortgage. We still are. It's just, it's kind of become a bit farcical, I'll be honest with you. Um, that was that was pretty much you know that we took a lot of money out of our our mortgage savings to to pay for those things and we do it again in a heartbeat because looking back you know we didn't really have any other choice and we if 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 it was happening in the morning we wouldn't have any choice again mm. but i suppose the issue is that you know it's not just it's not even just the genetics um because in the end we didn't as such get much of an answer because it was something that they didn't you know they didn't really understand the results, mm-hmm. if, if that makes sense. Yeah, because think, what, what he seems to have been saying to you, the guy that you went private to, was, look, you know what, I, I'll do what I can for you, but realistically, you need to go to Crumlin. That was exactly it. He was like, this is what Crumlin is for. This is what they, you know, they should be dealing with this. You can't pay for every single thing privately. And in fairness to him, he re- he made a third referral and he made a very compelling, he sent a very compelling letter and it was worth all of that for him to to write that letter and and advocate on our daughter's behalf because yeah. nobody else had the time to advocate on her behalf. Like, no, no, even though we know this so is very specialist treatment and very specialised testing, the idea that a little child would wait eighteen months and that that would be classed as quick is is bizarre in a modern society. It's. It's, I mean, I suppose if you have a child right now um, in Cork who's, you know, coming into children's disability services for the first time, what essentially has happened is you've had to deal with COVID. So you've been in the hospital, you've been unable to swap out with your partner, um, you know, you've been unable to leave the room, things like that. And for indeterminate lengths of time, now, thankfully, those kind of restrictions at CUH have actually lifted a little bit. So things are a little bit easier. But there was many weeks there where you literally could not leave the room. Um, and then you had the HSE hacking, which also affected the correspondence. It, it particularly affected the correspondence of Crumlin. They couldn't open their emails. Um, and then you also have the fact that the assessment of need process has changed. Whereas now, you you know, you used to be able to get a diagnosis through the assessment of need process. Whereas now you just get a piece of paper that says your child either does or does not have a disability. Um, sure, and then that's impossible yeah. to tell without all these tests. Yeah, and then you get referred on to what they call the Progressing Disability Services. And basically, just before COVID, I suppose, they kind of tore all the kind of the children's disability services. I mean, they weren't they weren't functioning very well before, that's for sure. I mean, everybody knows they were absolutely abysmal. But since they have run the Progressing Disability rollout in court, it's collapsed entirely, entirely. Like they took something that was broken. Yeah, they're bringing them all under the one umbrella and told us that that would streamline everything. And in actual fact, it's worse it's made it. Oh, absolutely. Like the whole thing is completely collapsed. Like, and I suppose that's why a diagnosis for for a family and for a child is so important. 
whether that's through the assessment of need process or whether that's with their genetics appointment, because firstly, it feels like you're in, in, you know, you're fighting an invisible boogeyman if you don't know what to deal with. But it's also because charities have always propped up, this, like since day one, they have always propped up the system. But if you don't know, like if you have dyslexia, if your child has dyslexia, you can go contact the Dyslexia Association. Mm. And if you, if your child has an unknown collect a collection of unknown of symptoms that you that aren't kind of that haven't been knitted together yet, then you you don't really have anywhere. Now there is Rare Ireland, which is a fantastic source of information for anybody who's looking for information about genetics and what consultants are there and how long the waitings are. They're a fantastic charity. But at the same time, mm. all of the children in Rare Ireland are completely different. Like you won't find any two children in that group that are the same. And while they're their own community, there's there's nothing like there's there's never going to be anything that will replace, you know, no, actually no a bit of an insight into the future. You know? Minds, and obviously every minds, child is going to be different. Of course. Who minds mommy and daddy? Oh, there's absolutely nothing. There's nothing. Um, it's actually scary how, li- like, there's literally nothing. Yeah. Other than support groups. Well, that's the funny thing, because I actually looked into these. <laughs> there's ones on Facebook, like, but I actually I actually looked into one locally. And the only one I could find, it was two hours of a group once a week. Um, and I said it to them, I was like, oh, can, can you bring kids? And they were like, oh, no, no, it's just parents. And I was like, well, if I could find, if I had two hours of free time a week, then probably wouldn't need that support group. <laughs> yeah, there is that, isn't there? <laughs> you know what I mean? I just, I, I, I know it's, I, I just, I thought it was kind of funny myself, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, you know, well, all of the people working within the system are very hard working, and they, you know, I'm sure that they have the children's best interest at heart. But it's uh, when it comes down to it, who is going to take responsibility? They're they're, work, they're working with a broken system, and and they're great people, but they're working with a system that's broken from the top down. Unfortunately, Rebecca, good luck to you and and to, and to to Dad and to Emmy going forward. Um, and just these weights are just ridiculous. Like eighteen months, and it's considered. Fast. Fast. Right, let's go to Louise O'Keefe uh, of Rare Ireland uh, Family Support, which indeed is what one of the, the group that, that Rebecca mentioned. Hi, Louise. Hi, how are you? Good. Like, who does mind the families? Who does mind the mums and the dads and bring them through these, these difficult months? Well, when these parents are... Um facing this diagnosis, um, there really is, there was nowhere for them to turn, which is where Rare Ireland Family Support Network um, came into it, and that's where me and Laura Egan decided to set this group up in March um, 2017. Um, We both went through the whole um, rare diagnosis process, and we both found that um, there was no support for us. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and Alana is Laura's daughter. She's 21. My daughter is eight. So even that big gap, you know, we still both face the exact same problems really? um, that parents like Rebecca are facing now. So we set up Rare and um, we now are the first point of contact for many parents who just receive a rare diagnosis. And um, we are here to support them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even... 
waiting to get the diagnosis can be part of the problem. Oh yeah, definitely. Like you know, um, that can be a long journey in itself. You know, um, some people are waiting years for the child to be diagnosed, and many children are still undiagnosed, um, for many different reasons. Um, mm. And what kind of things do you do? Like, where do you fit into it all? So, as I said, like we're the first point of contact for parents usually, and um, we offer support. Um, from our own experiences, you know, um, going through this, we offer support. Um, we have 1,300 members now. Wow. We have somewhere in the region of about 1,000 maybe different genetic conditions. Okay. Yeah. Um, we can't interpret genetic reports or tell them how the diagnosis will affect them, but we can offer support. Um, we can be there to help them. A lot of our parents are facing similar challenges. Um, a lot of children would have conditions such as, um, you know, epilepsy, heart problems, um, developmental delays. Um, you know, we all face kind of similar. Yeah. What, similar. Kind, what kind of things are people looking for when they come to you, Louise? Are they looking well, for, first of all, thinking, realising they're not alone? Is that the start of it? Yeah, well, really they're just looking for support. Like, they don't know what... A lot of the time when people are, when your child is diagnosed with a rare condition, the doctor is telling you your child has this condition, but there may not even be any information available to you about the condition, how it's going to affect your child. So I know a lot of people, um, when their child is diagnosed, they're told they have this condition, and then they're putting on a waiting list to see a genetics consultant to interpret their results. But in the meantime, they're left in limbo. They have yeah. to wait. I mean, you could be waiting two to three years to see a genetics consultant to tell you what this diagnosis means. Mm. So you get the test, you get so the result, get... and then you have to yeah. wait again. Yeah, so if a, if a paediatrician, for example, um, sends off blood tests and you it comes back that your child has a genetic condition, a rare genetic condition, um, you have to wait then to see a genetics consultant who can tell you what the condition means for your child what way it's going to affect your child. But that waiting list is two to three years. So you're going home, you're going home and you're, you know, going on Google because you don't know, not, a lot of the time there's not even a booklet to give with the information. A lot of our families may be the only people in Ireland with the condition or they might be the only people in the world with that condition. So can you imagine how, how, how scary that is? No, I can't. I can't You know, possibly. like, yeah. Parents are absolutely heartbroken when they hear this news and um, and to, to be told you'll be waiting two to three years for somebody to actually sit down and explain to you what that means. Wow. You know, I mean, there's nothing like parent-to-parent support. You know, we all get it. We've all been there. We all know what it's like, you know. And then a lot of the time as well, um, our children will have a number of different medical conditions developmental delays, autism, intellectual disabilities. They're facing all this at the same time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's it's very hard for, for the family. Yeah, it's very isolating. It's a very lonely place to be, you know. Um, and there's nowhere to turn. There was nowhere to turn for support. Thankfully, now we have Rare Ireland um, Family Support Network and um, we have parents contact us every single day going through this. Um, 
like I said, we set up in March 2017 and things are only going really from bad to worse with the genetic situation at the moment. Yeah. Did, did COVID make it worse, the testing and the referrals and all that? Well, COVID slowed things down, yeah, but it was it was bad to begin with, to be honest. Yeah. So where can people contact you, uh, Louise, if, if they want to get in touch with, with Rare Diseases Ireland? So it's Rare Family Support Network. Um, we are on Facebook at Rare Ireland and we have an email, rareireland at gmail.com. We have a private support group with over 1,300 members. Um, if they contact us on Facebook, we'll be able to add them, add them there. So Rare Family Support Network on Facebook... Yeah, Rare Ireland e- Family Support Rare Ireland Family Rare Support Network. Right. Yeah, and the email is rareireland at gmail.com. Rareireland at gmail.com. Listen, um, yeah. Yeah, no, we um, provide virtual coffee mornings. Um, um, we provide different courses for our parents to help them. Um, mm. We also um, work on a lot of projects um, in the rare disease community. We do a lot of stuff behind the scenes to try and help but you know the most important thing that you do, Louise, you care. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've all been there. You know, we know what it's like. It's really not a nice place to be. You know, so. Okay, we'll give out those contact details again. And thanks for being with us. And good luck with with the project because it's 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 much needed. And unfortunately, it's needed an awful lot more than it should be needed. And thank you very much, Louise O'Keefe, co-founder of Rare. Uh, Rare Family Support Network, uh, rareireland at gmail.com. All right, Rare Family Support Network on Facebook and rareireland at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with them. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Well, that's good news. I'm not not sure we've anything to do with it. If we had, that's even better. Cassandra was back in touch. Remember, I told you she has a bouncy castle booked for a communion in a few days' time, and the company were on to her to say, "Look, sorry about this now, but we we don't have anybody to to send out with the bouncy castle for you. We don't have staff." Well, she's sorted, and I. I well, we mentioned her less than an hour ago on the program after she contacted us. So, so maybe it was someone listening that was able to help. But anyway, look, it doesn't actually matter. She is sorted, and that's great to hear. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. A few reactions to our rare diseases. Again, the contact details for them: Rare Family Support Network and Rare Ireland at Gmail dot com. I have a 15-month-old granddaughter with genetic muscle disorder and she's been at CUH, Crumlin. Now she needs to go to Leeds. There's not much they can do for them in Ireland once they have a diagnosis. She was perfect when she was born and she was given a bottle. She stopped breathing and that is how they knew there was a problem. Mum is in hospital now even with uh, another appointment. Kate says it's heartbreaking listing. Could someone set up a fund to get them diagnosed abroad and it might 
speed things up. Yeah. A rare support page on Facebook is an amazing, friendly, helpful group, says this message. I love it. We got a diagnosis for our son, Kiran. He's one of 30 people worldwide with his condition. He's nearly two and a half now, not walking or talking. We're hoping to get him in to uh, Cope Foundation. Anne-Marie and Louise are amazing people. And should you want to contact them, rareireland at gmail.com. We also had an IT professional called us about uh, Jen's issue with Sparkle and what's happened to them being hacked through their social media. And this is, I guess this is advice we've had before. It comes in every time we get a story like this. It's the way so many people conduct their business these days. It's all done through social media. It, it has flaws. Um, and, and this person says they've seen it so many times with young bands and young businesses. They have no website and they're fully dependent on social media, which is a fair enough way to do your, your business. But you should be using your social media to drive traffic back to your own site, a site of which you're in control. Have your own website, get your own website designed. It costs a couple of quid to set up a website, could it's up a good secure website, then you've got to maintain it. But it doesn't cost a whole pile to maintain per year. Uh, and this particular person said they're blue in the face from advising businesses that are operating solely on social media to consider setting themselves up a website. We'll come back to that one a bit later in the morning. 1850 We have spoken for many months. In fact, I'd say it's close on a year ago now uh, that we discovered the first signs of long COVID. As in, we started to see support groups on Facebook uh, to do with long COVID. And what is long COVID, we were asking. And then we spoke to people whose lives had been just torn apart by this illness, that they were sick. Yeah, like many people, sick for a couple of weeks, took to the bed, 10 days, the shivers, the shakes, the aches, the pains, the trouble with the breathing, the whole lot. And then the recovery started and then stopped. And they remained sick for months on end. And there's an awful lot of it going on. The Irish Society of Chartered Physiotherapists has now set up a long COVID hub and their professional advisor is Esther Mary Darcy. Uh, Good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. This problem is all over the country, and the more we talked about it, the more people came forward to say, actually, I've been sick for weeks and months too. Do we really know the extent of long COVID yet? Well, um, we really don't, and indeed, um, we we don't even know the um, the way to to treat it. But I think we know the way to manage it. Yeah. And you know, you talked about long numbers there. The the international evidence would show that maybe as many as one in ten people who get COVID actually go on to suffer from long COVID. So it's it's a large number of of people. And obviously, as our numbers are. Uh, of cases are rising, therefore the, the, the chances of uh, a person um, having long COVID um, obviously increases. Let's say one in 10 persons who has COVID uh, may go on to develop long COVID. I can only go by the people that we've spoken to here on the opinion line, mm. but many of them were young and healthy and fit. And I know a friend of mine um, was a doctor in Dublin, mm. um, very mm. fit woman. And mm. what happened with them was 
they got COVID. They, like I said, took to the bed, the aches, the pains, the chills, the shivers, Mm. just feeling rotten for 10 days, two Mm. weeks. And then the recovery started. But it Mm -hmm. stopped. Yes. And that seems to be typical. Yeah, and that's that's typical. I mean, there's what's called um, post-COVID where people um, would have symptoms maybe between four and 12 weeks. And then long COVID is described as people whose symptoms persist after um, after. Mm. That line seems to have dropped. Oh, yeah, has. See, can we get her back? Uh, Fiona, if you could. That's Esther. Um, Esther Mary Darcy, she's professional advisor to the Irish Society of Chartered Physiotherapists. And what I'm going to do in a minute when I get her back is to just discuss how physiotherapy comes in. One of the reasons it does come in is, and you'll be asking yourself, why does physiotherapy come in? Because they teach people and they are engaged in teaching people how to breathe properly again. Because some people just can't, some people with long COVID, they can't draw breath. They can't go back to exercise because they just can't draw breath and obviously the job of a physiotherapist is is to retrain them in that if if that is possible. She's back I think on a regular phone line. Is that you there Esther Ari? Yes I'm back I'm okay. back. That's yes. great, no problem um, yeah, yes. I was just uh, discussing uh, that where, like where a physiotherapist comes in with long COVID Well um, the, the most common symptom that people seem to be having is fatigue and followed by a shortness of breath and a lot of people who return to exercise, and as you said, people get well and then they can develop symptoms. So people return to exercise and then they find that exercise is really making them very tired. And, and sometimes it's not even exercise, it's physical activity like taking a shower and that they can, be, they can feel really tired afterwards. So a lot of the physiotherapy work is around retraining um, breathing patterns and advising people to adopt a cautious approach yeah. so that they pace their day, they plan their day, and they prioritise their activities yeah. so that they're you know not doing something that's going to kind of wreck them for the rest of the of the day. Yeah. And our hub um, brings together all that kind of information and gives tips on breathing and just sort of literally looking at your breathing and maybe retraining your breathing. And there are videos there on on breathing and, and how to help um, with that. But it's really it's really about managing the symptoms and and taking that kind of cautious approach. You know, normally in rehabilitation, videos would be we'd be pushing people a little bit more. But um, in people with, with, with long COVID, the approach is a cautious approach yeah. to the build-up. That's an interesting point because last week, or with the week before, I had yet another young man mm-hmm. uh, who was fit and healthy and, mm. and, and is really struggling to get back. But the one thing he'd learned, and he's seeing a, a physio, he said what he has learned is don't fight it. If, yeah. you, if you wake up in the morning and you feel off, that's yeah. an off day. Yeah. Yeah, and and you've got to go with that. You know, yeah. that's that's really and you know, as you were mentioning about young people, I mean we're seeing people from sixteen years up to eighty eight years with, with post COVID. So it is a range that, again, the evidence would show that more uh, women are suffering from it than oh. men, um and particularly in the age group of about twenty three to sixty five. But in fact here in Ireland we're seeing it about equal numbers of men and women um, yeah. presenting with it. And is it predictable yet? 
as to who might be a candidate for long COVID? No, it's not. And, you know, someone was asking if, if, if a person has severe COVID, are they likely to get, you know, post-COVID? And there's no um, relationship um, yet that has been demonstrated um, that, that the severity of your COVID indicates whether or not you'll get post-COVID. It doesn't show that. Right. Now, the hub is on your website and it's askthephysio.ie. That's it. That's it. And the long COVID part is there. And, you know, we encourage people with long COVID and uh, and also their families and their carers, because sometimes they can be watching people and wondering, you know, maybe a bit concerned about what, what they're seeing in, in, in fit people. Um, so uh, there's, there's advice and practical tips there um, on the website. So we encourage everyone to go and have a look and hopefully learn a little bit more mm-hmm. about it. We saw that there was a gap, you know, there's nowhere where all of the information on long COVID has been pulled together. And long COVID has, can have a lot of symptoms, you know, there can be chest pain, there can be memory and concentration yeah. uh, loss, um, there can be sleeping difficulties. So all of, all of those things. And, you know, people need to be seen as well. So we need these um, COVID clinics that are being established. Yeah. Um, the HSE is planning to do it. There are a few already, but we yeah. really need um, I suppose the HSE to to speed up that so that yeah. people can access those, uh, the, those the, the, There's one in Dub- Dublin Dr Lambert, the infectious diseases specialist at the matter Yeah, there's uh, he, a few in he, Dublin and, He's got and, one and it, I, I, there's none in Cork we don't think just no, yet. No, there's none in Cork and you know, I'm I'm sure the, the people in Cork will be, will be calling for, for one, but I mean there's Outside Dublin, there's just Our Lady of Lourdes and Drogheda, and your nearest one for Cork would be uh, Waterford mm. and then uh, Galway University Hospital. So, I mean, if you compare that, for instance, with um, London, where they, by December of last year, they had set up a, a COVID clinic in every borough. So there's 32 boroughs in London, and there's one in every uh, in every borough. Right. So, Run by the NHS, yeah. is it? Run by the NHS, yeah. So... You know, I, I acknowledge that the HSE is developing these clinics and they are running. Say there are uh, several in Dublin and then three outside. But we really need more for our population and we need people to be able to uh, to access them and and to access them on an ongoing basis because you know they, you can you in in long COVID you can have the symptoms and you can feel great for a while and then you can get a, you know another episode. So mm-hmm. they of that ongoing access as well as equal access. So, you know, we want the people in Cork City to be able to access a clinic as easily as the people in in, uh, in, in Galway City can. Yeah. Well, one of the things that they can do is they can check out your hub for now. Thank you for being with us. That's Esther Mary Darcy, Professional Advisor to the Irish Society of Chartered Physiotherapists. Uh, the, the, the reason the line dropped in the middle was actually our internet in here just went kaput for a second. But we got her back. These things happen. Uh, the post-COVID hub or the long COVID hub, go to their website, www.askthephysio, all one word, askthephysio.ie. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. See mig.ie. Can we just talk?
The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850 715 996. On Courts 96 FM. Stay with COVID for a sec and was on. Uh, with a very good valid point, the 20,000 people in Ballincollig, there should be a test centre there. The length of the queues into Nemo would frighten you yesterday. You need an appointment to get a test centre now, and the increased figures yesterday after a few days of falling numbers, well, it all doesn't make me feel that confident. It makes me feel we could be getting things wrong. The, the underlying patterns, and are going in the right direction. That That's one thing we know. The daily figures are a bit up and down. And I kind of, even me now, when I say this, I've never said this before, I'm kind of not taking a whole pile of notice of the daily numbers at the moment. I'm looking more at the trends and the averages and all of that. And the averages and the trends, they seem to be going in the right way, in the right direction. So we keep... But yeah, should there be a testing facility in Ballincollig and reckons that there should 1850-715-996 the subject of gambling we had on the programme yesterday uh, and um, the Sinn Féin uh, TD Thomas God. <laughs> I've just completely had a complete brain fart Thomas Gould Thomas Gould uh, Sinn Féin TD has legislation coming forward to the doll, um, to try to get the use of credit cards banned in online gambling. Uh, and he's hoping to get it through the doll. And it kind of led to a few comments coming in about gambling and long-term gambling and the kind of effect it can have. And I mentioned that, you know, it, it is one of these addictions that is insidious in itself in the fact that for many, many months and sometimes many, many years, there's no sign of it until it all becomes uh, too late. Um, Philip, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. What happened to you? Well, to be honest, PJ, uh, I uh, got into gambling uh, at a late age in my life. Uh, I would have been clean from drinking drugs for over seven years. Right. And uh, I was actually waiting around for a meeting one night and I seen these neon lights in a casino uh, in the city centre. And I just went in and I never played a slot machine in my life. It was my first time playing a slot machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was 33 years of age uh, and I actually won a substantial amount of money uh, that day. Uh, and I was automatically hooked, believe it or not. Right. Beginner's uh, luck. Yeah, beginner's luck, but uh, it, like, it, it, it's amazing because I started off just with small money, just like a euro here, 50, 50 uh, or a euro here, two euro there. But then it was going up to bigger money, you know. Uh, and uh, that went on for... Uh, a good few years uh, so I was going to meetings for uh, drink and drug addiction and my head was never in the meetings it was in the casino I see so you were you know? dealing with one of your problems in life but you had another one developing at the same time yeah I had another one developing at the same time and uh, it actually just got a hold of me uh, PJ and it, it it actually it actually destroyed me because see what it was it was with drinking drugs you you'll you drink enough drink you'll fall down you take enough drugs you're gonna people will know you're on drugs but with gambling you can walk around the streets and no one knows anything what's going on it's the secret illness yes, yes. you know 
How bad did it get, Philip? Oh, it got very bad, PJ. It got... It, it, it became to a stage where I was living in a flat where uh, the, uh, my rent was in arrears. Uh, I had no food. I had substantial amount of money in my house, but I couldn't go near that because that was my gambling money. Nice. You know? So every cent went into the slot. Was it the slots yeah. or was it, did you develop beyond slots? Oh, uh, no, I, don't, I never did the online slots. I, I, I went from the slot machines then to the roulette table. Right. And when I hit the roulette table then, uh, it was just, it was just, uh, it, it, just it, it was just crazy, to be honest. And what drives you? Is it looking for the next win, thinking that one's going to come or what? Well, to believe it or believe it or not, this might sound strange, but for a compulsive gambler and a gambler that's in addiction, they'll understand that. It wasn't about winning. I, I, it wasn't about winning or losing for me in the end. I actually prefer when I was losing, because when I was losing, I had, I had to chase again. But when I was winning, it, was, it, like, it, it didn't have no effect on me. Right. I didn't have no mass in money. Like I was, like I was dropping substantial amount of money in the casinos, and like it just didn't. Money didn't bother me. It didn't bother me. It was, it was just. It was like I was being controlled by a, a roulette table. My, a roulette table became my, the controlling of my life. So it was the thrill of the chase. The thrill of the chase, and then uh, <clears throat> what I realised as well then is that. Like with drinking drugs, you leave the dolphins off in your in your brain from drinking drugs, but you also leave that dolphin off in your brain from gambling. Yeah. So, it, like you'd replaced I, one addiction which was physically harming you and and mentally harming you. You replaced one addiction with another. I did. I did. And and you know what? It was the, it's the worst addiction of all because not only did it affect me. Uh, with my my life, but it also affected affected me mentally. How it bad, how bad mentally. did it get, and and how did you turn a corner? Uh, it got very bad. It, it, it came to a stage, P, uh, PJ, where uh, a, a good friend of mine came down from Dublin, and he asked me. He said, "How's Philip?" And I goes, "I'm good." And he said, "You're not good." He said, "Philip is standing here. He's nearly seven years clean, and he's he's actually he hasn't got the price of a cup of tea in his pocket." Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. From gambling, when are you going to look at your gambling addiction? He knew, everyone knew I was gambling. You know, even though I thought, you know, I was kind of keeping it under, 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 the, under the wing, like under my wing that I, w- I wasn't gambling, you know. But I was, I was gambling very, very severe. Uh, and that actually, my turning point was uh, I broke up in a, a past relationship and uh, my head was all over the place. So I contacted uh, Michael Gairn and I said, Michael, I need a bed in Brory. Can you help me out? How did you know uh, Michael? I was, in, I was actually down with Michael uh, before. Right. Uh, I was in Brory for six weeks. Mm. And when I was in there for six weeks, I actually walked out because... I had a lot of stuff to deal with, which I couldn't deal with because I had I needed professional help. So I dealt with that and went back. And I'm very grateful for the, getting the bed at that time because I came from, uh, believe it or not, St. Vincent's Hostel. And I, I went into uh, Brory and uh, I got great help down there. Michael was great. Best in uh, the business, is our Michael. Sorry? Best in the business, is our Michael. Oh, Michael is brilliant, you know, he's he, he's just, and Sister Agnes, I owe my life to Sister Agnes, and that's the truth. Like, she was great help to me. And like, I used to always believe, I, I used to always cringe when people talked about a higher power and stuff like that in the meetings, PJ. And mm-hmm. to be, believe it or not, man, I wouldn't be here only for, I have a higher power in my life today. I can't do this on my own. So the first thing I do in the morning is hand me the over. And in the morning and, and thank my, my higher power at night. You know? when, when, was uh, the, when was the last time you gambled, Philip? I'm 17 months gamble free now. Well done. 17 uh, months. 17 months. And that was from the age of 33. Uh, I, I'm at peace with myself, uh, PJ. I go to my meetings and I'm finally at peace with myself and I'm not suffering anymore because it's a horrible, horrible disease, illness that actually takes everything from, from you, you know? You're, you're, you're a unique individual in terms of the question that I'm about to ask next because yeah. we've heard it so much that it is the it is the worst one of all. Now, you've done the drink, you've done the drugs, you've kicked them and well done. This was the worst one of all. Yeah, it was the worst one of all. It done more... Uh, gambling is after doing more damage to me uh, than any drinking drugs is after doing to me because no... I'm, I, I, I have the mental crisis team. I'm dealing with the mental crisis team and stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I never had that when I was drinking and drugging, and that's the truth. I never had that. And I'm still linked in with them, and you know what? I'm grateful that, uh, you know, because it's, it's, it's the damage it does to your mind and damage, like, the so, like, I, I, before, before I went to Bory uh, uh, last year, I, I wanted to, I wanted to end it all. I wanted to take my own life. My head was gone. God, you know, that's an I wanted awful to way take to, my own life. That's an awful place to be. If anybody is listening to us now, Philip, that can identify with where you were and where you are, or more even a, lo- a loved one, if they're worried about a loved one, what should they do? Who should they talk to? 
Well, I would. I when I came out of Brawley, uh, I was lucky to get a the transition house in in, in Chapter and Western Road, yeah. and Joe Quinn there. He's an excellent uh, counsellor. He's is great help. He's very understanding. And uh, if anyone uh, needs any help in any way, contact Joe and Chapter, and uh, just say, look, I, I'm concerned about. Uh, my son, my daughter, whatever the case may be. Because even PJ, I've seen it before the lockdown, the amount of young people in school uniforms going into casinos, it actually it actually scared me. It scared me. Crikey. You yeah. know? It scared and, me. And they they just think they're tinkering around with machines and, and having a bit of fun. And for and for some of them, that's all it'll ever be. But for others, you don't, yeah. you don't know, do you? Listen, Philip, I think our paths might have crossed before you and I. Um, you did? You're, yeah. You're, you're a very different man to the man yeah. I remember. And yeah. Co- and congrats, and because <laughs> we kind of fell out, you and me, a few well, years we ago. We <laughs> now, that I, now that I remember your voice yeah. and the way yeah, you tell a did. story, you and I, we crossed paths, we fell out, and yeah. I now know that you were a sick man at the time. And, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm so thrilled to hear you in such strong voice. Look after yourself. Thanks, PJ. Thanks very much. Take care, Thank you. Well, and look, gamblersanonymous.ie is the website. You can talk to your doctor. You can call Chakwera at 021-427-4378. Talk to your doctor. Get on the website. There is, and I'll find out, there, there is a public meeting of Gamblers Anonymous Every so often, it's about once a month, I think, in Grattan Street in a place called Laverna. And I'm, I'm assuming that they had to cancel all that for COVID. But I'll find out. Um, it, but I'm delighted. I knew Philip a while back and we fell out. We had a row and we fell out. And I'm so delighted to hear him doing so well. 1850 715 Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's Entertainment. The premiere of Heart of a Dog by Adon O'Donoghue is the first show in front of a live audience at the Everyman stage in just over 18 months. It takes place at the Everyman for three Three nights from September 23rd to 25th with tickets on sale now. Access all areas. After an absence of some years from playing in his native city, Rory Gallagher returned to Cork in 1987 to perform for the first time at the Opera House. On September 18th, Sinner Boy, the acclaimed Rory Gallagher tribute act, will recreate that show at the Opera House with limited tickets on sale now. Access all areas. Feel free to let us know at Access All Areas if you have a show, play or exhibition coming up or any live streaming events by emailing us on AAA at 96FM.ie. Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96FM. Supporting Cork all the way in this Sunday's All-Ireland Camogie Final. Cork's 96FM. Now, tomorrow is the 10th of September, Friday. Uh, we won't be on the air on Saturday, obviously. But Saturday is 9-11. It's the 20th anniversary of the day in uh, September 2001. The Tuesday morning, a gloriously sunny Tuesday morning in New York, where two planes, 
went into the two towers of the World Trade Centre 15 minutes after each other. And there were other attacks that day, but that is the one that stopped the world in its tracks. And collectively, wherever you were, if you were old enough to understand what was going on, your blood ran cold. If you weren't old enough, you'll still remember where you were. If you were 10 or 12 or 13 or 14, you can remember. Um, And what we want to do tomorrow to mark that 20th anniversary is we're looking for memories, looking for where you were, what you were doing, who you were with. Do you remember your parents talking about it? Have you a clear memory of it yourself? And not no matter how age, how, what age you were, but can you remember it yourself? We've got some interviews in the can from people with very direct, very personal memories, including one woman who had what can only be described, a Cork woman, what can only be described as a miracle escape. A miracle escape from a phone call that never came. And that's all I'll tell you. She was waiting on a telephone call and that telephone call didn't come. And because it didn't come, she wasn't there. That and other stories tomorrow. Uh, if you've any particular memories yourself, you can share them to us or share them with us on voice note or by text or by WhatsApp to 083 396 96 or if you want to pop down an email to opinion at 96fm.ie. We're not devoting the whole show to it tomorrow. But we will run it as a thread through the morning because I have some newspapers from the week, the day and the week. I was away at the time. I'll tell you the story tomorrow. I was away at the time on my holidays um, in Spain and I'll never to this day forget it. I'll never, I'll never forget it till the day I die, um, what it was, how I found out about it. But I think a lot of people are like that. So tomorrow, between 9 and 12, we're just going to be looking back and thinking about where we were, what we were doing, who we were with, how we how we learned about 9-11. We were talking earlier this morning to Sparkle, to Jen from Sparkle. She mentioned they have a new song coming out. Can I just say good morning and well done and congratulations to an old pal in the music business, Fiona Kennedy. Uh, Fiona is another one who's visited the studio here over the last few years playing some some music for us. She's got a single out and it has torn its way into the iTunes charts at number one. It's called The Place of My Resurrection and you can find it on all the usual platforms. Fiona Kennedy, congratulations, Fiona. 1850-715-996. It is vital when educating our children's brains that we do, do not neglect to educate their hearts. That is a lovely line from the Dalai Lama and it is the driving the driving I suppose um, philosophy and ethos behind kindminds.ie and I'm joined first by Sarah and shortly by Julie from Kind Minds. Sarah good morning Good morning PJ how are you doing? Good. That's a lovely line Thank you. And, and that is the it is your ethos and it is your philosophy isn't it? It absolutely is. Um, like we came up with Kind Minds because we wanted to empower children's mental well-being through mindfulness, kindness, and creativity. So yeah, it's 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 a quote we really we really do like. Julie is there with us now. Morning, Julie. Good morning. Now you you've identified 
some problems through your work in, in Kind Minds, what would they be? Okay, so I suppose um, back to the start, we between us, we have over 20 years of experience working with children in early years. Um, and the past three years, no practice, we noticed... Hold on, there's, a, there's, a, there's an echo on those lines, guys. Uh, go again, is that Sarah was talking to me? No, this is me, Julie. Julie, okay, so yeah. you've identified the problem, yeah. Yeah, we've so basically we've been working with kids for over 20 years um, in early years and we noticed an increase in um, a lot of anxiety-based behaviours with the children we were working with in our classrooms. Um, so we started using our mindfulness-based techniques with the children in our care um, and basically we started to notice the benefits. So we introduced this more into the daily routine and... Um, we spoke with other practitioners and settings and they were experiencing the same problems. So we, uh, we basically wanted to try and reach out and help other practitioners and as many kids as possible um, to support them. And it was, we, we developed kind minds from this was how, how could we um, reach as many kids as possible to support their well-being development. Um, so we collated our techniques and we created our Kindness Crusaders program, is what we called it. Yeah. So um, that was basically empowering children's well-being by helping them to develop um, new skills every week, things like super breath and super brave and things like that. And our program was all um, fun and interactive. Yeah. Um, so basically it's a lot of play-based because obviously we have to be realistic with children that age. We, we wouldn't expect them to sit down and um, yeah. do a body scan for half an hour. So it's, it's, that's how we came up with our technique by like, doing it through fun and interactive ways with kids. Sarah, it's something I suppose that we as adults might forget in that the world in which we grew up, and you're younger than me, but the world in which we Way grew younger. up <laughs> is very different to the world in which our children are growing up. And there are more challenges for them than there were for us. There absolutely are. I mean, they have so much, so much of their time is kind of is scheduled. They, you know, parents are much busier, you know, back in my day, you might have had one parent at home or now both parents are out, they have to be. And children have, uh, you know, they they see when they see when we're stressed, they they can, you know, when ch- children, children, yeah, they, they just have things going on around them, and and they, they need for us to to consider that and put, like you've done, put a fantastic program together for us. I'm delighted to see that your progress with the with the SEI Academy, the Social Ent- Entrepreneurs Ireland, like, that's a big step. That was a huge step and such a, an amazing opportunity for us. We had, because we had been kind of, we had been delivering the Kindness Crusaders program within earlier settings prior to COVID. And then COVID hit and we knew that we needed to, we had to press pause on Kind Minds for a while, obviously. And then we decided we needed to pivot and maybe look at delivering workshops for practitioners and earlier teachers and that kind of thing. And we came across this, um, the application for the Ideas Academy with um, Social Entrepreneurs Ireland. And we thought, you know what, let's give it a shot. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was a fantastic program. And we they do are, great work. So, they, yeah. they, do, they do great work. I mean, they, they, they're privately funded, not-for-profit organisation, and they support people like us with innovative ideas to tackle social problems in Ireland. And so they, they find these people and they support them every step of the journey. It's just amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, so what, c- c- combining with them and working together, 
how, how, how much have you been able to bring kind minds forward, Sarah? Well, it was fantastic because we, when we went in, we had, we had been delivering or working directly with the children. We had identified them as they are primary beneficiary for the Kind Minds project. And through the program, we realized, you know, this could have impact for much, you know, way more people. So it could impact um, the early years teachers, families, students of um, students in early years and teaching. And so we we were able to identify that. And so it gave us an awful lot of clarity for and direction as well, which was brilliant. Now, you had to enter a competition to get the backing from the Social Entrepreneurs Ireland. Yes. So because we've graduated from the Ideas Academy now and we had the ceremony there the other evening. um, So now we are able to we've applied for um, the possibility of some seed funding through um, through them as well. So they're. The Ideas Academy is sponsored by the Bank of America and the um, Life Too Good Foundation and then for the South cohort of applicants, it's Tomar Trust, which is amazing. So we're really excited about that as well. That's a huge opportunity. I mean, from from what developed just from your own work with kids over the years to to this is a springboard to to a massive future for kind minds talk to me about a zen den i i, I like the, ter- the, the 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 name what is a zen den uh, so the zen den is basically we call it our amygdala first aid station and basically when we started using it in our setting and um, it's an area where kids can go to if they need if they feel overwhelmed or they need to deal with their emotions and they need to take a break yeah. what's what's an so, amygdala is that part well, of the brain? The, yeah, it is. It's a part of the brain. So basically, it's it's also known as maybe the like the dinosaur brain or the monkey brain. You know that part of your brain that kind of goes, oh, oh my god, you know, um, that everything's on fire and it's kind of your fight or flight okay. um, part of your brain. Radio. Your panic center. <laughs> yes, you know, like say if you are going on radio. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, what? Uh, so that's the amygdala, and like we do need it. Um, so, it, like we do need it, it kind of it keeps us safe and things. But there, there are lovely techniques that can help us calm it down when it's a little bit on fire. Mm-hmm. And it's it's basically like a space. It can be in your classroom. It can be in your house. And it's a, we call it a safe calming space. So children can go there, paddle off themselves to it, and explore and process bigger emotions in their own time and with their own autonomy. Um, and we have like different ideas then there's breathe, mood, move, meditate and create and there'd be little props and activities, resources for them to engage in themselves to take that time to have a little bit of a rest. Yeah. So where do you, where do you see all this going, guys? This is an, idea, an idea that came together through your own experience yeah. with children, now yeah. backed by the social entrepreneurs people and possibly backed even more. Where do you see this going? Well, we would love to um, impact um, and have a positive impact on mental well-being outcomes for children, as many children as possible. So, what we, what we're like, obviously, we're really excited about the possibility of some seed funding to do that, and we're currently kind of putting a book together, kind of a guidebook for um, families and practitioners, just with good, kind of a toolkit of techniques that they could use. Um, to help them and to gain some skills in under the kind of kind minds um, process, and yeah, we're like we're very aware that I suppose through our through our practice and our training in earlier years that 
early childhood is really the optimal time to build the qualities that lead to positive outcomes for children connecting childhood and adulthood and we're passionate about that and we're passionate about children's well-being so we'd love to you know with our zenden idea we'd love to get it into as many schools and homes as possible one one for everyone in the audience <laughs> and um we're hoping to build an online platform for um parents and practitioners to access our resources um, just so they could there be further support in place and a service that we have today we're currently um creating our manual which would be a support again for practitioners and parents and we have a series of children's books as well we created the characters that would support the manual and complement the, yeah. the kind minds programs as well yeah okay. i have a feeling we're going to hear an awful lot more about this uh, is there a website that people can look at to find out more yeah we do it is kindminds.ie and we are on Facebook and Instagram as well if anybody wants to get in touch. Okay, Sarah White and Julia Hearn, congratulations on the success so far and I think there's going to be an awful lot more success in the future for kindminds.ie and that lovely little line again that I'll finish with it is it's vital that when educating our children's brains that we don't neglect to educate their hearts and that's from the Dalai Lama. Can we just talk the Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, just there I said before the news, have a think about this. This is something that mightn't come up with any ideas for a day or two, but just let it sit there because yesterday when... Lauren called the show uh, talking about acts of kindness and and friends and friends drifting. It, it did get us thinking. And then we had that other call after the program by a lady who said that sometimes, look, sometimes friends just drift away. Uh, they travel abroad, they settle, they do different things, they go different paths. But, but sometimes you, you keep friends from your childhood and sometimes you make the closest friends that you ever make, you make them in a very quick time in in adulthood. I'm only thinking uh, myself, one guy who contacted me recently, I haven't seen him since we were in primary school together. And he's been living overseas for over 30 years now. And he contacted me on Facebook during the week to say, uh, I'm, I'm coming home, I'm moving home with my son, and I'd love to go for a pint. And I'm so looking forward to when he sets foot back in car. I haven't seen the guy in a very, very long time. And those are the kind of friendships that you treasure from from your childhood. Other ones then you make friends in, in much later life. You'd meet people in your at some stage in the course of work. Or just you might meet them entirely by accident, meet them through sport, meet them and, and they become very close friends. So like what how does friendship change? over the generations and I'd love to hear your stories of, of friendship like who is your dearest friend how long have you known them where do you meet them do you have the kind of friends who you mightn't see or hear from them for for ages I'm seeing a friend this weekend uh, he's a Kerry man 
Um, he'd probably be my best friend, I think, at this stage. But they're certainly one of my oldest friends. We go back to college together. I don't see this guy for months and months on end because he lives in New Jersey. Uh, and you can imagine during COVID, uh, I actually saw more of him during COVID because he moved home for a while. But, but again, we don't meet or hear or talk to each other for months on end. And then we just take up where we left off. And those are great friendships. So a little bit more about that in, in, in the days to come. Um, friendship and how it changes in the course of our lives. And love to hear, I guess, email are great for that. Opinion 96 or, or anything else that you, or any other way that you want to contact us. I predicted a week or two ago, it doesn't make me a great sage or anything, I knew that once the evacuation from Afghanistan was over, and I, what I mean by over is from kind of our particular point of view, as in it would fall from the headlines in the media, the newspapers, the radio, the television. It's still a big story, still a huge global story. But it has kind of fallen from, from the headlines. Now, we might forget a little bit about it. And we kind of hope that you wouldn't. But you do. It's, it's, it's human nature when it doesn't affect you directly. It does fall from, from our attention. But we should never forget there are people here in Cork for whom it's very deeply personal. And, and it affects them every day. And they worry every day about people back at home. One of them is Wahid. Uh, how are you doing, Wahid? Not bad, PJ. How are you doing yourself? I'm all right, mate. You have a business in Mill Street, a pizza business, and we'll talk more about that in a little while. But you you have family back in Afghanistan, and you're worried about them every day. That's correct. That's correct. I have family back home. It's uh, very worrying. And uh, as you said, uh, I deeply worry about them every second. Tell, tell me about them. Uh, it's, they're in a tough situation. Obviously, there's been a change of government. And uh, as uh, you know, the new governments, uh, they're not the most friendly people. So it's, it's just shocking for everybody. Uh, and, and they're just stuck at home. They're just stuck at home and they don't know what's next to come. Who do you have back in Afghanistan? Who, what family have you? I have, I have two siblings. Uh, I have my little daughter. I have uh, my mom, uh, my wife, my brother. And uh, as you know, back home you have extended families like aunties, uncles. So, yeah. uh, but the most uh, worrying uh, members of the family is obviously my wife and kid and my mom. So it's it's, it's very worrying. Now you you came here um, to seek seek your status here. Uh, you're living, I think, in the direct provision in Trishan Castle, and you're you're obviously put all your papers and all your applications are in. And I think when you get your status, as hopefully you will, you want to bring them here. Uh, I explained I explained to one of your colleagues in the media previously as well. It's not about. Uh, bringing them here is about them being in a safe place yeah uh, if if that means bringing them here uh, because now I can support them uh, because I'm working uh, then then why not yeah what kind of dangers do they face every day uh, at, at, at the moment uh, you see they can't they can't go to work uh, everybody's very scared, uh, so that's that's one of the biggest problems. Also, if you have worked 
or if you have any relations with the previous government, uh, then uh, what happens, they, they try to pick you out and uh, kidnap you and then either imprison you or kill you, depending on what uh, relation you had with the previous government. Mm-hmm. Or if you have criticized them in any way before, so it's, it's very difficult times. Mm, which is why, and I noticed that any people who are here that we speak to, are very careful about choosing your words because you might endanger the people back home and we fully appreciate that. Tell me a bit about your wife. Uh, she she She's uh, a radio presenter actually herself and uh, they have been told not, not to come to work anymore uh, because all the... Uh, uh, female members of the station, they have been told that uh, they're no longer uh, supposed to come uh, to, to work because the radio station has been told uh, by the Taliban that they shouldn't have any uh, presenters that are female. Wow. Wow. So she's at home now. She is. She's very scared. Uh, she, uh, she She's very worried and obviously... When you're used to a schedule and then all of a sudden you can't go out and you're just stuck at home, it's, it's very depressing. It's, uh, she's finding it very difficult. Yeah. And tell me about your little girl. Uh, she, she, she's, she's very young, so she, she doesn't understand what's happening around her. Uh, so uh, I, I don't know what she's going through. Obviously, uh, I speak to her all the time and try to make her happy as much as I can. Yeah. Uh, maybe she's lucky that she doesn't know too much that was going uh, around her. Yeah, yeah. When, when like, people might ask, um, Wahid, why did you leave and leave them behind? So tell us that story. You left a, a couple of years ago. Why? It's, it's not me leaving and leaving them behind. It's actually the family that... Uh, pushes you out because obviously my life was at, the, uh, at a high risk. Uh, I, I was the one basically going out. Uh, so um, I was a target. I was a target. So it was the family split that I had to leave before something bad happens to me. Why were you, so it's not why were you a target? Uh, uh, I, as I told you before, I've explained to uh, your colleagues in uh, in the media because I did I did have uh, interviews before as well. I was a pharmacy dispenser. Yes. And back home, if you're a pharmacy dispenser, obviously you get you get the local people coming uh, for uh, bringing prescriptions. Yes. Uh, then you also then you also get the militants bringing prescriptions or coming and asking for. Uh, medical help without any prescriptions. Yes. So if 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 you you're supposed to report them to the government, and if you do that, then uh, they target you. Uh, and if you don't if you don't report them, uh, then obviously you get in trouble with the government. And also anyone that's working back home, uh, you have to you have to ask you for payment. If they know if they know that you're working. And they've seen you, then they ask you for payments. You have to pay them a certain amount of money. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it wasn't a pleasant situation. You can't win either way. How did you get out? Um, I, I got out through the help of uh, my uncle, which is my father in law as well. I, as I said before, it's not that uh, I wanted to leave, but obviously mm-hmm. it comes to, it comes to uh, a situation where. 
the family wants you to leave and then they they literally push you out because they know something could happen to you so it was my uncle that uh, arranged for me to leave uh, as soon as possible how did you get out did you how, how, when, when you say how how did you get out it's it's a very long journey it's it's, it's a very difficult uh, we have we have uh, a few minutes if you want to tell me you came over land i take it you yeah, that's correct, because uh, it, it, it's not that you come by flight. You you have to uh, go through uh, many different countries in even passing those countries. Each border, obviously, are passing them illegally. So in some, some of the borders, uh, you even get shot at trying to run away uh, because if the police see people crossing the borders, uh, they, they, literally, they literally shoot you, they literally shoot you. So everybody just starts running. Uh, and if you're lucky, then uh, then you're not uh, shot at. So it's it's not an easy journey. It's a long journey. Mm. It takes like six months. It takes like six months, and yeah. it's it's a very dangerous journey. And then you come you yeah. come with boats as well, small boats that you're only allowed two people in, but they put like ten people, fifteen people in. They mm. just push you into the boats, uh, and and they're very dangerous. Yeah. You came, Again, you, you, came, to be you like, came through Pakistan, which is the neighbouring country, then Iran, Turkey, Greece, Italy, France, and then here to correct. And just even, even passing the borders of Pakistan, Turkey, and Iran, they're not easy. As I said, all those three countries, when you're crossing the borders, uh, if if they see you crossing the border, they, they literally shoot you. So it, it, it's not easy. And then uh, once you cross Turkey, then again, there's a lot of uh, trips by boats, uh, which, as I said before, you're only supposed to be two two people in those uh, rubber, uh, I don't know if they're called rubber dinghies, Ribs. but they literally, yeah, they literally fit in like 10 people. They, they, they fit in as many people as they possibly can. Mm. And uh, if the weather is bad, then a lot of people literally die in there. They're just drawn in the sea. Um, and if you're lucky and the weather helps as well, then, then you, you get by. Would you so ever, it's, it's not were you ever in fear that you wouldn't make it? Uh, yeah, yeah. So many places, as I said, uh, even when, when you every border you're passing, you're in fear that uh, you, you, you could be killed here. Uh, even the, the boat trips, they're so dangerous. Uh, you can see it, and you're just praying. Everybody's literally praying. Some people are crying, so it's it's not an easy journey. Uh, no, nobody would do it unless uh, you know you have no other choice. Yeah. And now that you are here and and living in the direct provision system, you've started the ball rolling to get to get your, your necessary paperwork. That takes time, doesn't it? It does. It does. I, I still haven't had my interview. I'm uh, waiting for my interview. Uh, but uh, um, because I had my work permit, uh, so I, 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 I'm lucky that uh, I've got myself busy uh, with the pizza shop. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people I know in direct provision, they can't speak the language or they don't have any working skills. Yes, in, uh, yes you're, you're, you're English. Where, where did you <laughs> learn English, Wahid? Did you... I was actually an English teacher back home as well because... Uh, Right now, since since the uh, troops have come to Afghanistan, uh, in English has been a very good tool to learn and work because it, it gives you more opportunities to work. Yes. Uh, did did so, you learn yeah, it? From, it did it, you learn it from the Americans? You did. 
No, you you have English courses there back yes. home now. You I have see. many many English courses uh, that I've attended, so uh, it's it's very helpful because now yeah. the first thing is everybody's trying to learn English because, as I said, it brings a lot of job opportunities. Uh, and that's that's probably why I was a, a pharmacy dispenser as well because I'm not a pharmacist, but because I could read uh, prescriptions. Gotcha. That's why I was given yeah. the job of. Uh, uh, Medical because, because your your English your English is is exceptionally good, and I congratulate you on it. I worked I worked I worked hard. I worked hard first year when I came here as well. Uh, I didn't have much work to do because you had to wait nine months for your work permit. Mm-hmm. So I kept I kept reading a lot of books. I tried to watch as much TV as I can because le- learning English is one thing, and then speaking it uh, is another as well, yeah. which I wasn't used to too much. We had we had learned it more like. Uh, literature yeah so then when you come here and you speak to people obviously you know the grammar you have learned it through grammar and everything like how to yeah. uh, uh, make sentences and everything and then when you come here and you put in to practice it it makes it easier yeah. and then once you get you, you watch it on the telly do you have any favorite programs on the telly uh, I we have we have we have a TV in our kitchen rooms uh, but uh, they, they, most of the time they don't work. They don't work. So I, I do, I do watch it sometimes. I do watch the news, the RT, uh, RT news, or we watch football. Most of the times, people watch football in the TV. So you don't get to watch your own program uh, and follow a big timetable. I got you. I got you. Now tell me about Castle Pizza. It's down in Main Street, uh, in Drummondahalla in Mill Street. Uh, wh- when did you set that up? Uh, last year, June, last year, June, uh, it was uh, uh, the previous owner, uh, uh, he retired. Uh, and then the, the shop was up uh, for sale because he wanted to sell it. He was retiring himself. He owned the property as well. Mm-hmm. So when, when he sold the property, uh, the new uh, landlord, he wanted to rent it out. Uh, so I, I rented it out, uh, and so far uh, it's been uh, okay. It, it wasn't a, a good time to start because of the pandemic, uh, but uh, I survived the bad times, and now it's getting better and better every day. Good man, good man. It's great to see, and and your your the the business the business is is getting busier and busier. Fish and chips are a big seller, but what's, what's this kebab special of yours that I hear that that, that you're making and everyone loves? I actually, I actually saw a food picture because I've liked uh, a lot of uh, food pages on Facebook. So you try to pick up a few things and then see if you can make it. So I saw a, uh, a pizza that was made of uh, kebab. So it's, it's basically, normally the pizza is one base. So you have only one base and then you put all the toppings and the cheese and the sauce over it. Mm. But this one, it's literally overfilled with kebab. And then there's one base at the bottom, another base on top. So that's why I say it's like a fish cake because it's overfilled with kebab and then you have another base on top of it, which on top of the second base, again, if somebody chooses, they can put extra toppings on that as well. So it's filled with kebab as well and then you can actually choose more toppings to go on top of the second base as well. And people, people really love it. People really I, I love it. Bet, I bet they do. I bet that'd feed a family so it would. I, I wish you. I wish you well. I wish you every success uh, Wahid, and I wish every safety on your family, uh, and that thank hopefully, you, some, if ever, hopefully, if you're ever in the India, I'll make you the kebab special. 
<laughs> that I would love to try. Uh, lovely speaking to you. Um, and good luck with Thanks the process of getting your papers. Good luck. You're the, you're the kind you, of person we need in this country. I hope, I hope to, as I have said before as well, I hope to pay back and help the community, which I'm already doing. I don't want to go into those details, but uh, I'm, I'm trying to help as much as I can myself Good. because now I'm in a position to help in the direct provision as well yeah. and uh, with the local community as well. All right, all right. You're a great addition to the community in North Cork and, and uh, delighted to have you with us. Uh, Wahid Talwar from Afghanistan, his whole family are still back there. And he'd love one day to get them out and get them out safely. Maybe even get them to Ireland, but he's got to get his own papers sorted here first. Runs that lovely little business, Castle Pizza in Mill Street. And that kebab cake, that, like, that sounds, oh my God. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. The Cork Diary. On Cork's 96FM. The 2021 Inchidani Summer Swim will take place on Sunday the 19th of September at Inchidani Beach. There's three different distances to choose from. 500 metres, 1.5 kilometres and 3 kilometres. All funds raised will be donated to Inchidani, Inshore Lifeboat and Court McSherry RNLI. If you have an event you would like mentioned, email corkdiary at 96fm.ie. Corks 96fm. Right, Jason uh, is down. Peter, where, how are you? How are you? Where is this uh, test centre, this NCT centre? It is the one uh, in Cork on the way to Middleton. Okay, okay, gotcha. The, right. And little, what's, what, little Island. Little Island. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's the problem? Well, I just uh, brought the car down there for the NCT and went in and handed over my details. Um, and as you go in, there's a sign only four people allowed inside. And I was heading into the waiting room and we were told that's closed and we had to go outside and wait in the rain. And, oh, by the way, there's a plastic poncho. But we were sent out in the lashing rain to wait for... 20 minutes. I know that centre well. That Now, the waiting room, it isn't the biggest, but but you're not allowed it, in there at all. At all. And I was thinking, because there wasn't an awful lot of us waiting outside, you know, maybe six or seven people, I was thinking, you know, they could be doing half capacity or something like that. Right, right. But you're, no, you're not left inside at all. We were told, go out and turn to our left, and, and our car will come out at the end. And can you, you at least sit in your car until such time as they take it away in to be tested? Not particularly, no. I mean, the, the method there is you kind of leave your car in the queue with the key, mm. and you go in and do your documents, and the tester kind of comes out. So we weren't told we could wait in our car. We were told to go, go out the door, go left, and wait at the end of the building, which mm. is just a warehouse building with... Oh, I know it. I know it very well, Jason. Uh, is there a and is it raining down there at the moment? Uh, well, it's it's kind of easing, but we were standing out there. I know if you, yeah, I'm soaked through my jumper, my t-shirt, uh, and through my pants. Crazy. You know, so at the time that we were standing, and maybe it was particularly bad for that ten or fifteen minutes. But mm. I don't know. I was thinking tropical gazebo or tropes, you know, and, and the fact that they had the ponchos. They kind of knew rain was going well, to be They gave you a little plastic yoke, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose I think we're supposed to be saving on plastic. You know, is another point. But you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I was just flabbergasted. Okay. I mean, you know, imagine if I, I did, no, our car passed our test. 
Good, good for you. That's the biggest look, relief of the day. Lucky enough, but you know, can you imagine if you're getting your car back and just has to be fixing yourself? To, you're not very happy, and you go back down for the, the retest. Are you going to be standing out in the rain again? I don't know. It just seems. Yeah, and as, seems, as as we're coming into, well, I suppose. Look, hopefully, at the end of October, all this stuff will 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 be done. But but uh, the weather I, is disimproving. Yeah, I mean, you know, we kind of know when the Irish weather or kind of 50-50 weather, we get sunshine or we get rain. And if you don't have facilities for a person to... And, you know, down here on Little Island is kind of a bleak place anyway, yeah. unless you walk up to the garage and be hanging around the garage. Yeah. It doesn't have facilities there, so... Yeah. To be honest, if we're going to be dragging people down there, not dragging, but you know, if people are if going people to be have brought, to go down there, yeah, yeah, yeah you, you've no choice in the matter, okay. and give, give somebody somewhere to sit and be dry at least. Right. Uh, uh, I don't know. I just, no, no, it's it listen, it's 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 in it's an interesting one because the the waiting rooms were well at one point. Thanks a lot, Jason, and I hope you get and good luck. I'm glad that the car passed the NCT. They leave that that worry out of your hair. All the NCTs were off for months and months and months because of the COVID, and and now they're back. But by Jason's account, anyway, you can't go into the waiting room to look out. I tell you something, that waiting room, it's like, isn't it really? It's like being there watching your car, and like it's like waiting for the birth of your firstborn or something, looking out the window. We've all been there, looking out the window at your little car going up on the... and you're waiting for that. And that's, uh, by the way, but they can't now. They're waiting and they got soaked down there this morning, Little Island Test Centre. And he's right, there isn't a whole pile around. There isn't a whole pile around where you can go for shelter. A bit of a gazebo or an umbrella wouldn't go amiss, although they did give them some ponchos. 1850 uh, Philip got back onto us that message that we had about uh, GAM or about narcotics that they're wondering is there any kind of equivalent of Alanon or Alateen. Well, there is assistance for you at Arbor House. Now, they do extraordinary work in Arbor House, as we know. It's their treatment centre, but they have advice for anybody who wants uh, advice. Their number is 021-496-8933. 021-496-8933. That's particularly for the person who wanted some support for the families of a person addicted to narcotics, addicted to drugs. There is such a thing for a person who who's suffering from alcohol addiction, but not, or they can't find the same for narcotics. So the, the advice from Philip is to contact Arbor House. 1850-715-996. Getting a few bits and pieces in about friendship uh, and how long have you been friends with, with your best friend or is it someone you met recently or someone that you met donkeys years ago and do friendships drift and do you stay together? Just a couple of what's coming in. Keep them coming because they're interesting. Alison says, hi PJ. My mum met her best friend when she was my brother's teacher in primary school. He was seven He's 52 now. They're still best friends, even though she's in Limerick and my mum is in Cork. They're in constant contact. That's nice. Tanya, uh, uh, PJ was wondering about how childhood friends are still friends. Well, I'm still friends with two of my childhood friends, Vivian and Katrina. We're now all in our late 30s, early 40s, and we're closer than ever. We're more like sisters. So 30 plus years of being through everything together. Nothing in this world would break us 
love them to bits. Friendships like that are so hard to find and to keep. Uh, and Dara says, I still keep in touch with a few friends from secondary school. My closest friends in school have moved abroad for work, but we still keep in contact where we can. We understand we're all busy people that we could never really meet in the last number of years, but it's important that people remember that. I consider the group of friends I made in college to be my best friends. We still try and meet as often as we can between the work and life events. and love the show. Rita and Anne, friends since we were little girls, born a week apart. We still meet up regularly. There's loads of them coming in. Loads of them. And if you are... Something to tell us about your friend or your friendship or is it a childhood friend or is it someone you just met a couple of years ago or someone you've been friends with for donkey's years? Uh, Let us know. Let us know. Odetta was on to say the NCT centre in Little Island has been like that since last year. I was waiting outside in the rain last December. My husband went in February. I told him to take an umbrella with him as you have to wait outside. 1850-715-996. As we do from time to time, quick good morning to the boys and girls of the proc, because I don't know whether you're boys or girls, some of you. Uh, <laughs> um, I am not from flipping Mayo. <laughs> they, they're convinced that with Mayo and Tyrone in the All-Ireland final on Sunday that I shall be supporting Mayo. I am not from Mayo. <laughs> I was born the Bonds, lads, for pity's sake. 1850 715 Reminder to your Premier League Live is back this Saturday on 96am.ie with Trevor Welsh and the team. It's all powered by Talk Sport. Live coverage of Crystal Palace against Spurs at 12.30. Arsenal v Norwich at 3. Chelsea taking on Aston Villa at half past 5. It's the Premier League Live online with now... Your sport on your terms. Stream just the games that matter to you most with now. And listen Saturday on the Cork's 96FM app or at 96FM.ie. Let's go back to where we started this morning, talking to Jen from Sparkle. They have all of their business, the Sparkle Cork Band, they do all their business on their social media platforms, their bookings and their events and their promotion and, and all of that. And their social media has been hacked in the last couple of days, just at a time when they were hoping to get their gigs up and running and their bookings coming in and all of that. I'll talk about that in just a sec with Avril Ronan. But what drew Avril to our minds was a report today that nearly 85% of pre-teens are now using social media apps despite age restrictions. And when I read that this morning in The Independent and heard about it on the radio, I said, and we told you this before, age restrictions matter nothing to kids because they'll get around them. Uh, 93% of pre-teenagers, 11, 12, 10-year-olds, now have some kind of a smart device. And TikTok, Snapchat and them all, loads of people under 13 years, which they, they shouldn't they shouldn't have. This news doesn't come as a surprise to us, does it, Avril? Good morning. No, not at all. I, I think most people know that at this stage. Um, and I think we're in a new era now with COVID where you know, being online and digital technologies, it's front and centre in how we live our lives, isn't it? Everyone, mm. whatever age you are, whether you're 93 or you're seven. Um, and the fact that 93% of kids have, uh, you know, they own their own device, you know, 
they were uh, homeschooling was a huge thing um keeping kids entertained because they couldn't engage with their friends so they were able to engage with their friends online chat to them it helped with their you know the loneliness and deal with things that they had to and you know we have to remember all the good things that technology brings yes. as well as balancing out with that at all the dangers obviously that the internet has mm. as well like one in three of the children they surveyed between eight and 12 had put videos of themselves online you just go oh no oh no yeah yeah I think that's where we just have to, you know, every time I read the report, I, I'm chairperson of Save Safe Kids, every time I read the report, I take something different away from it. Um, uploading things to the internet, that means that you have allowed your child to download a device and they're, they're putting videos up there. What are the videos of? Are they are they videos of creative pieces of anime? Are they um, something on Roblox or Minecraft that they've created and they're really taking pride in their achievement and they're sharing it? Have they, is it of somebody else? Have they, and they don't even have permission. What What is the content that we're talking about here? And also then privacy settings. Is it a private account? Is it a closed account? Meaning, you know, any app that you download for your child, you've decided it's okay for your child, it's mm-hmm. age appropriate, it's content appropriate. The first thing you have to do is go to the privacy and safety settings. Mm. They can only speak to, you know, engage with people that they know offline. And that's the conversation you have with kids. And I, I wrote the introdu- introduction for the report. And the key thing is the relationship with your child. All children need social, emotional nurturing and development until they mature. And the key to that is the relationship with your child and being online with them. I know we've talked about this before, PJ, but mm. if they're loving Minecraft or Roblox or TikTok, download the the app, go on to it yourself, set up your account, engage with them, play with them on whatever they're playing on and understand what it is they love about that app. And mm. through that, then your child will understand they really understand what I'm doing online. I can talk to them about things now. Um, yeah. And if they encounter something, but it's an, an opportunity for you as well to say, hey, we have to set some ground rules. Mm. You know, you, you can only talk to people you know offline. You can only, you cannot share anything without my permission. You can talk to strangers. If you feel uncomfortable, you talk to me straight away and you keep check on them regularly. The old idea that that's, that's their world, that's the digital world in which they're growing up, leave it to them. The worst thing you mm. could do. Absolutely, yeah. We're all on it and we need to be all on it together. It takes a village, as they say. And, you know, and it's important as well for classroom, you know, parents to... Especially, you know, if you're if kids are friends with their friends, that parents are keeping check on chat groups. You know, one of the things that kind of stuck out to me was um, it kind of hit a chord, hit a, hit a bone with me. You know, um, children that um are the amount of them that are feeling hurt online. You know, 14, 15 percent of children were sent hurtful messages, or they're excluded from chat groups. If you're excluded from a chat group, you know about it the next day because you didn't see it. Yeah, and that's a huge contributor to unkindness online. So. You know, that really stuck out for me. And the only way around that is conversation, regular conversation and nurturing and developing a child's social, emotional skills and other parents, you know, informing each other, checking in with each other and understanding that not all kids are socially, emotionally developed and they may say the wrong things. They may type the wrong things, Mm -hmm. um, no matter what you've said, you know, and and helping them through that, you know, and helping them understand that because they all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. We have to accept that, you know. So find the time, make the time. 
Yeah. You know, it's if your, your child understands that you, that, what you that you know what they're doing online, then you've got mm. that trusting relationship with them. They're going to come to you when they've got worries or if they've got something that they've achieved online that they're proud of that they want to talk to you about. Yeah, figure out how, f- figure out what they're at because it's your job to know is, is one yeah, way of putting it. Absolutely. Avril, you've just on, the device. on that problem we heard from before, and it's, it's not the first time Jane isn't the no. first person I've spoken to. They're conducting their mm. business pretty much on social media. Uh, and and they get hacked or intruded and 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 they don't know where to turn what advice have you got mm-hmm. um okay so how long would your password be pj any random password you don't have to give me personal private information ah, but on average 10, how long would characters. it be okay so that's good the longer the password the better um i'd often say to kids not teenagers you know they're like underwear passwords. You, you, you never share them and you change them often. <laughs> Underpants. Um, and that's the way it has to be. And before it used to be make it complex, but now it's make it longer. It takes a cyber criminal a lot longer to hack an account that's more than 13 digits long. And these 13 digits are more, it can be a phrase, it can be the sentence of, of the favourite song of yours. It has to have capitals, special characters like hashtags or, you know, whatever, numbers, um, capitals and uh, regular letters. So 13 letters over and change them often. And if you've got a lot of passwords, think about a password manager, which will manage them all for you. It's all encrypted. Where are you so on passphrases? Passphrases. I mean, as long as it's over thirteen, it doesn't matter what it is. You a space is a is a is part of a password. So if if you can remember, that's all that matters, and something that's not easy to guess. So strong. A strong password is a long password with numbers, char- special characters, caps, the whole lot mixed in. Uh, like you could change an E to a three, an A to an at symbol, you know, different things, but that you've your own system worked out and that's not easy to guess. And mm. kids shouldn't be sharing them with anyone other than a parent or guardian. Yeah. So strong passwords is the first thing. Uh, like I said earlier, if you're going to download an app or any app you download, the first thing you need to do is go straight to settings and go through all the security measures that they will ask you and take your time doing that. And it's the most valuable thing you can do before you go onto the app. Two-factor authentication. It's also called multi-factor authentication or dual authentication. Lots of different names for it. But at the end of the day, it's a double lock system. It's basically you have it in the banking system. You put in your password, but then they ask you, you know, would you like to set up a verification code? We'll send it to you by text or by email. And that way, it's basically uh, two factors. It's two different ways to prove that it's really you getting into your account. Mm-hmm. Now, there's there's also biometrics where you can use face recognition and other sorts of things. But they're the two basics of maybe SMS or email. Yeah. And that is so important to have switched on because if someone guesses your password because they know your favorite song or whatever you use or they've seen you type it in or, mm. you know, they still can't get into that account Without having be, without having that special verification code that was sent your email, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So two factor authentication is really really important. And and how uh, important is the idea? As someone else called in earlier on this morning, ever briefly. Now, how how mm. how important is it to maybe invest a few quid if you're a business to invest a few quid in actually building a website for yourself? 
I, do you know, the first thing that come to mind is I'd want evidence. I'd want to see the business research behind, you know, I'm not a, I'm not in this area myself. But the first thing that would come to mind for me if I was Jen is, well, what are all the other businesses doing? What's the most secure thing for a small little business like me to do? Is it a website? What is it, What is the norm? What is the secure, safe business norm for people to do business transactions on? If the evidence, the science, the research is saying, majority of businesses are going this way, this is the future, I'd be inclined to go down that way. But I'd, I'd be looking at research first to see. I'd be going to specialists to ask, what what could I do? Um, a lot of people use social media. People, Social media accounts are more popular than websites. Mm. Uh, depending on, on our age and our lifestyle and our habits, social is the way to go for a lot. And that's why social accounts are set up. So, yeah. You know, that, that's probably the best response I could give you for that one. Quick, quick, so. quick last question. What do you think of places, yeah. are, they're called password vaults, the likes of, say, LastPass or Bitwarden? Yeah, so that's Password Manager. So you can get, um, you can pay for it, like with LastPass. You basically have one password and uh, it encrypts, you put in all your passwords, it saves it, it changes them, it, it logs you into everything and they're encrypted. So you can pay and subscribe for an annual LastPass membership or you can do, um, you've got other ones online that are free and they're open source, meaning you can actually see how the how it's all built and created and a lot of techies would use that because they know how secure it is. But it is a great way for if you've got a lot of passwords to manage your passwords, okay. you know. Certainly um, so, 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 so managing passwords is important and, and don't have mm. the same password for two things and try to set up the two the two step verification it can be yeah, it's a lot in of my every apps, settings it's it, there pj in, in the settings of every app so you don't have to be worried about where it is once you go into settings on any app game or device it's there under yeah. settings or security it can be a pain in the neck but it'll save you it can save you a lot of grief the heartache yeah and i know like jen is a has all had all the security things down um, she had all of that in place. Um, so the key is getting is, you know, the response from Facebook and, you know, getting to the bottom of this. Okay. The other few things I would say is having antivirus, anti-malware on all devices that you use to connect to the Internet, because a lot of people are getting phone calls. A lot of get, people are getting phishing attacks. Don't be clicking those links that you're, you think is from a friend. Don't click anything. Check with them first to make sure it's them. Okay. All right, Avril, always good to get your expertise on the programme. That's uh, Avril Ronan. She's the Global Programme Manager with Trend Micro and the Chair of Cyber Safe Kids. 1850 715996. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. MIG.ie. Some nice stuff on friendship uh, during the morning. Might keep it going for tomorrow. Finn, that's a lovely idea that you have. Just need to have a read off it and a think about it before we actually see what could be done with it. But it is a lovely idea following on from, from Lauren's call to us yesterday. But Fiona says, Hi, I have several fantastic friends who I've known since the age of six in Skullvira National School in Ballancolic. We're all in our early 50s now, and even though I haven't lived in Ireland for almost 30 years, we keep in touch all the time and meet up every time I go home. It's as if the years haven't passed at all. I've met many people and made lots of friends over the years, but there's nothing like sitting down with the old gang from home and having the chats and the laughs. We still crack each other up with the silliest of things. And those meetups are food for the soul. A big shout out to Elaine Barry Murphy 
uh, Trish Goulding, Orla O'Regan, Finn Hegarty. I uh, love the show. That's from Fiona, who's now in Naples and previously Madrid. And Anne had one more uh, on the question of friendship. Through the years, yes, friends have come and gone, but I've one true friend, more like a sister, who's lasted the test of time. We met in school 55 years ago. We did everything together. And amazing this came up this morning as she's travelling from County Down. We've missed seeing each other so much, but we're going for a meal on Saturday and we celebrate our birthdays that are four days apart. We're in daily contact, but haven't been able to see each other due to the pandemic. But that's going to end this weekend. Delighted for you, Anne. Delighted for you. That's fantastic. The programme, edited by Fiona Corcoran, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. We'll see you tomorrow, just after nine. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.